Do special events seem to throw a wrench in your communication plans? While you spend every week communicating the normal activities and programs happening, working on special events probably feels like an extra task and probably a monumental one at that. So today we're talking about how to create a marketing strategy specifically for those special events happening in your church. Hey there, Church Communicator. Welcome to the Church Juice Podcast, where we are energizing Church Communications one 20-minute episode at a time. Whatever your title or role is at your church, this show gives you the communication, marketing, tools, resources, and even community that you need to be successful. I'm Brian Haley, and I'm joined by my awesome and incredible guest co-host again, Brandy Jones. Hey, Hey, Brandy. Super excited about today's topic. Yeah, this one definitely had you in mind when I was thinking about topics. You often talk, I think recently I even saw a post on your Instagram actually about creating like a marketing plan for special events or thinking through special event marketing a little bit. So I know that this is something that you deal with in your role, as do most church communicators. So I'm excited about today's topic because, you know, we deal a lot with like the bulletin and you know, things that happen on a weekly or monthly or whatever kind of recurring basis in church communications. But there are always special events happening, whether it's VBS or Christmas Eve or, you know, like there are a ton of special events that require special communication and marketing. So that's really what we're talking about today. How do we set up a special event marketing strategy or communication strategy for for churches for the things that happen throughout the year that we don't really you know it's not really worked into like our regular rhythms things like that so yeah welcome back to the show thanks for being my guest co-host again i really just appreciate you taking the time appreciate you speaking into this topic too because i do see you as such a an expert in this area so thank you yeah no problem you know we put on at least six events a year where I work. And yes, I could talk about this all day long. And I I wish I could host workshops around the state here in Texas on just how to promote a special event, because it's something that I see on a daily basis that we don't do enough. And then people wonder, why is no one coming to our event? (laughs) Why is no one clicking on our event tabs? Why is our registration number so low? Super excited to jump into this if you're ready. Yeah, absolutely. So let's kind of, let's break this down into three areas. If you're creating a communication plan or a marketing strategy for special events, let's talk about kind of three areas. So the preparation, like how early do we start and what does that look like early on? Then let's talk about the deliverables. So what kind of things work better for special events and how do we create or communicate those? And then after the event, sorry, after the event, because one thing that that I focus on a lot when I talk with church communicators is evaluating. We often jump from one thing into the next without spending time looking back. And so we want to talk about that a little bit too. So, so let's, let's start on that first section. So how early should we be thinking about special events or special projects or whatever? And what does that look like early on? Yeah. So I think as church communicators, we tend to start promoting events three months out Maybe that's like on a good day. (laughs) And then we tend to really do it about a month (laughs) out. If I, if you don't take away anything else from today's episode, I want you to hear this. You should be promoting your event at least six months out. And I get that that takes a lot of planning and a lot of work on the back end in order to be ready to do that. But it is key 
to have those full six months to get people excited about your event, to keep it on their mind. You know, this goes into mind share a little bit and to just let them know that, hey, these are all the things that we've been working on and we really are putting on a great event and we want you to be a part of it. So six months out for promotions. However, you need to back that up another three or four months for you to actually do the work, right? So you need to find out the who, the what, the when, the where, the why, the how. That's how we start every project at Debbie Mio Texas. We sit down as a team, sheet of paper, let's answer the five W's and an H. And once we get through all of that, let's start plugging in, okay, who are our speakers? You know, who, who can we like um, solidify now so we can have them for our event? How much money do we want to spend? You know, where is our event going to be? How are we going to promote it? Do we have graphic designers lined up? Do we have a videographer? You go through all those questions. But I know that's a lot to think about. So start with the basics. If you answer all the W's, that's that's my go-to. And my team, I have it drilled into their head now. <laughs> if you start with the W's and the H, you will be so prepared to start promotion six months in advance. Yeah. So if someone is promoting six months ahead of time, I imagine you're not thinking that they're signing up and that they're doing all of those things. So what does promotion six months out look like? Yeah. So start with the basics, which is you need people to go somewhere, right? To learn about your event. So you need a web landing page. If I, okay, so I've seen churches do this a couple ways. One will, they'll have a church calendar, that church calendar, you can click on an actual day and then that will open up into, this is the event we have. And there's very little information on that page. It's just the time of the event, the date of the event, and you know how any other type of info that's related to that. But everything is just on a single page. What I think most churches should do is that you should create a landing page specifically for those special events. Now, that church calendar is great for those everyday events that we have at the church or those monthly events. But if it's like an Easter program or it's a Christmas program or maybe um, a VBS landing page, then yes, you should have a specific landing page that you can direct people to from social media, from that email newsletter, from maybe a QR code on a, on a printed doc. So always start with that. And that goes back to the basics of the who, what, when, where, why, how. All of that information should be on that landing page. I shouldn't come to your page and still have questions about, you know, about the event. So I think that's a great place to start. And then I think every other type of media type, which we can jump into, kind of feeds into that landing page because that's where you always want your traffic to go to. Have you seen that too, Brian? Yeah, I would say that I'm curious on for you, like six months out for, okay, let's just say Christmas Eve, Christmas Day service. Nobody's really thinking about Christmas in June or July, whatever six months would be. So in at least what I'm thinking or what I'm kind of hearing you say is really what we're doing is, you know, nine months, 12 months out, we're kind of collecting the information. We're getting started on those communication pieces, the, you know, the look and feel of what we're doing, and we're building things out so that it's ready six months. So if somebody wants to come or is looking for that information, they can find it, but we're not necessarily going full fledged on like spending and advertising and that, and maybe it varies based on the type of event too, I would imagine. But um, that's kind of, am I hearing you correctly? Is that kind of what you're, what you're thinking or am I totally Yeah, I think it depends on the event. If it's a huge event that you are expecting the whole community to come out to, then I think you should start out at that six month mark with full on promotions. I like to do kickoffs for every, a kickoff campaign 
for every major event that we have. So that's social media graphics, that's flyers, that's announcements from the stage, that's the newsletter. We are letting, it's almost like a blitz. We are hitting everybody hard. So they're get, you know, they'll get that excitement going. And then we kind of figure out a marketing plan from that point. Okay. So now we need to trick out information every single week or every single month or however we need to do that. But I mean, there's different communication tools that you can use. I always start with the graphics, I think, because you're going to put those graphics up on stage, right? Mm -hmm. On your screens. You're also going to put those graphics on social media. You're going to share those graphics with your congregation so they can share it out as well. For those in the 60 plus club, they like those paper flyers. You know, you can't get rid of those bulletins (laughs) and those flyers. So, you know, pass out as people are walking into your sanctuary. Hey, save the date. You know, this is what's happening. Maybe create a link so they can go to that landing page that you already created. Once you get that everyone excited about the event, so that's when you start doing all the other things, which is now you're looking at the Facebook event page. You're looking at the social media promos. You're looking at advertising in the community calendar. So what is another one? The email newsletter from the pastor, you know, letting people know that this event is happening. So, I mean, there's a... There's a ton that can be done. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I've kind of been talking more and more with churches about really being, or church communicators, I should say, about being more proactive when it comes to communication, special events, those kinds of, you know, either one-offs or even like the launch of new series or programs or whatever. Being more proactive and taking that that proactive approach to even setting a meeting where we talk about the five W's, the who, what, where, why, when, and how. And we talk about, you know, who's going to be coming to this and all of those different details. And we start talking about the creative elements because as the communicator, you're then setting the stage. You're giving yourself enough time to create what you need to start promoting it well. So the more that we can be, you know, in a, a leadership position in these conversations, the better off it's going to be for the success of the event or the ministry. So it really does make sense if you know something is happening next year, to write it down and start meeting about it. And I can hear communicators telling me that they don't know what's happening next week until Thursday. And so, you know, trying to think ahead about what's happening next fall or next spring or next summer is kind of difficult to 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 think about or to do. But I would guess that there are events that happen every year, special events. And so the more that you can plan ahead and control the timeline and those conversations, the more helpful that is for you. So starting early and really getting the information early on, all of those details kind of ironed out. I think that's that's really great. I think one thing that I heard you talk about as we move into what kind of communication do we use for special events, you talked a few minutes ago about how a landing page is really, it's that that central place that you're sending people that's where they get all the information. We talk a little bit about a central hub for church communications often, but for special events, that's your landing page. That's where they get everything. They don't need to go anywhere else, right? What else do we need to think about when we're promoting or when we're you know, working on our marketing strategy for special events that are happening in a few months? Yeah, so Facebook is a huge tool for not just our church, but also my job for a nonprofit. So we use the Facebook event page. That's usually the first thing after we create our graphics and our flyer and our landing page, we immediately go to Facebook so we can create that space on there through that event page. So you want to make sure that that's there. And you also want to make sure that you have every question answered on that event page. You're also going to use your newsfeed on your 
Facebook account or your business page to answer questions as well. But people don't want to scroll through all of your posts to find information about your event. So yeah, make sure you create that hub there on Facebook. Also, I don't think enough churches do this and, and maybe not just churches, but ministries, but using the community to help you promote your event. So that's the community calendar. There's a ton of community calendars available in every single city. So make sure that you put your event on there as well. But also reach out to like, not reach out, but use like tools like Eventbrite. If you have registration page through your church database, that's one thing, right? But does it hurt to create another landing page on Eventbrite and tie it back into your church website? That's, that's just another tool of people are going to be using that to find out what's happening, you know, in the next weekend or the, you know, two or three weeks from now. Of course, there's social media. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Social media content. I think that's huge. I love social media content because you can pretty much talk about anything tied to your event in a creative way. Right. So y'all, your team is meeting. I, I love this trend right now where everyone's kind of like showing what time people show up to a meeting. Have you seen that on Instagram? Right. <laughs> there's a whole reels and there's TikToks about it. I mean, that could be an event promotion. It's everyone's coming in. What time do they show up for the meeting for your event that you're promoting? That's something that you can do six months out, you know, and you can do other creative things leading up to your event. But people want to see behind the curtain and they want to see what you're working on. And I think that will kind of garner some excitement. But also use other your if you have speakers that are coming in or a worship artist, you know, use them as well to help get that excitement going for your event. I would also look at advertising on your TV screens out in the hallways, you know, if you have that capability, um, depending on the size of your church. There's also make sure there's a presence for your event. I don't think we do this enough to have a table outside the sanctuary with just maybe some flyers or, you know, some type of festive type of giveaways that you can kind of get people to always have on their mind when they leave church on Sunday or as they walk into the sanctuary that your event's about to come up. We actually have an event in a couple of weeks in New Orleans. It's a, a conference. And so we created a table and just had a whole bunch of like New Orleans decor on it. And people are like, oh, that's coming up. I forgot. So, you know, there's a lot of things that you, you can do to promote your event, but in non-traditional ways. You can also do an email newsletter. I think email is gold and y'all hear me. Email is so much more important than social media. People actually read emails. They don't necessarily read the social media posts. So definitely try those out. And then there's texting. You know, I think you could maybe three months out, one text a month, kind of getting people to click on your landing page. And then maybe as you lead up to the week of your event, start sending out those more frequent reminders. So I went through a whole list, Brian. I know that was a lot, <laughs> but there's a ton of You did. It's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I would say that there's a few things that I just want to touch on. When you go back and you look and you're doing the planning and you're going through the, especially the who is coming to your event. You know, if you have a communication strategy, then you have personas in place. You have maybe tiers of how you're communicating. So you can decide what are the best avenues to reach this target audience and how do we do that well? What tools do we use for our regular communication that we can employ here? But one thing that you touched on was non-traditional ways of marketing the event, like the table in the lobby. The more that you can just draw attention, stop people from, you know, from, I guess, ignoring the everyday. If you're walking through the lobby at your church, you know, you get blind to the things that are in there because it, it's always pretty much the same, right? And there's a rack of flyers, there's, you know, a, a desk with stuff on it. But if you are doing something different, if you set a table up that's normally not there, then people will start to pay attention. The more that you can, you know, it's just one way that you can break through the noise a little bit of 
what's going on. So be creative. Think through how do we how do we think outside the box in the ways that we're communicating to reach our community or our congregation, depending on what the event is. But yeah, I think thinking creatively about those non-traditional ways to to communicate, to market the event, I think those are where you're really going to see like see some excitement a little bit, but also see some of that conversion that you're hoping to get, you know, signups, whatever. I think these are all great ways of communicating regularly too. So that's really what you're doing is you're implementing this into your overall communication strategy and making it a part of that, which is both content for you as the social media communication person, right? So that's always good to have content readily available, but also something that you're not recreating or just creating from scratch. You are actually working into your already existing systems too. So that's always helpful. So that's all leading up to the event, going through the event, you know, getting people to sign up, getting people in the community to hear about your event. Your event happens, then what? What do we do after the event? How do we follow up with guests? How do we evaluate the special event? What do we do after? Yeah, and I think the post-event time is huge. I think people are riding a high. They just finished attending your event. They're super excited. They can't wait for next year. So this is like the best time for you to actually garner some excitement for the following year or however often you have this event, right? So one thing um, you can do is send that post-event email, which is the recap. Here's what we did, Here's or here's what you missed. Here are some photos from the event. Here's what we talked about. Here are some testimonies. People love a way of looking at it as social proof. People want to see what others enjoyed about that event. So definitely within 24 hours of the closing of your event, make sure you get that email newsletter out talking about here's what we actually thank them. That's huge. I can't believe I, I should have said that first. <laughs> thank you for <laughs> attending. But here's everything that's happened. And then here's what to look forward to um, for the next event. Feedback surveys, you know, you mentioned at the start of this episode, feedback is key. And I'm a data analyst from a past life. So I am all about the data and I want to know what worked well, what didn't work well, what do people like, what do they not like. So you can use Google Forms. We tend to use Google Forms a lot or SurveyMonkey to get those surveys out to our audience in a timely manner. Again, within 24 hours, we need that feedback right away because if you wait a week, people aren't going to remember the workshops they attended or they're not going to remember what a, a speaker said. Really, 24 hours, they tend to forget half of what the speaker said. So make sure you get those uh, those survey responses back. But I mean, other than that, just share photos. I like Orange, the conference, they share photos from their event like almost a month after the event has finished. They're still talking about here's what's happened. And I think that's an excellent idea. We should be doing the same. I think we tend to think once the event is over in a week after that, we can't talk about it anymore. That's not the case. You paid this photographer a lot of money to take photos. Use all those photos in the months after that event. And then share those posts. You know, people posted while they were at your event. Share it, you know, share that excitement. Because you know what? People aren't going to believe the institution. And I'm pointing to me because I'm talking as a ministry. They're not going to believe what we have to say about the event. They know we think our event is great but they will trust their friends. <laughs> so go ahead and share what other people are posting, those reels, those TikToks, those uh, Facebook posts, those stories. Share them to your story if you're on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or wherever account that you're, or platform that you're using. Those are just a few things. <laughs> I would add on to that too. Spend time with the team. Spend time with the team, kind of walking through 
you know, what worked well, what, what didn't work well, what could we do better next time? What should we change for the future? What should we keep the same? Those kinds of questions and just kind of walk through the event, you know, from a year ago when you had your first meeting until right up to the event and the follow-up and work with your team, communicate with them, see what they thought worked well, not just your own opinions. But I would say just kind of piggybacking off of you too, that your post-event materials should be ready to go before the event yes. happens. <laughs> so you want those surveys, you want those emails to come out 24 hours after the event. You need to be doing it a week before and schedule it, right? Because you're not thinking about that or you're not, you know, the day of the event, the day after the event, you're ready to be done with it probably. So yeah, so do that ahead of time. And then I would also say that in those emails or in the survey or whatever you're sending out to people, also always provide a next step. So what are we inviting people into, you know, besides, hey, this event will happen a year from now again, what can we invite you into next? What is that next thing that that is natural for somebody who came to this event? What is their natural next step to get more involved or uh, to learn more or whatever it is? Um, so always provide that after the event so that, you know, they attended, they had a great time. Now what? Now what do they do? I think that's really important too. But yeah, anything else? I'm trying to think. I can't think of anything that we haven't touched on, but is there anything that you would like to add? Yeah, no, I would like to just piggyback on you again. When you said the next step, you know, one of the things that I learned in this marketing role is that once that submission goes through for that feedback survey, link it to the landing page for your next event, which has those next steps already listed. I think that's huge. And then also too, I had to learn this the hard way. People aren't going to do feedback surveys. I mean, they'll do the feedback service at the event, but this is now we're talking after the event's over and now you're sending a link. They're not going to do it just out of the kindness of their heart. So we had to tie some type of freebie or, not, or a giveaway to encourage people to fill it out. What's worked really well for us is like gift cards. You know, we love the feedback. We want to make sure that this event is better next year. We actually listen and read every submission. But also, if you fill out this survey, you know, you'll be entered into a drawing for a $25 gift card or a $50 gift card. Or if you have an event that charges, you can do here's a 50% discount for next year's event or something along those lines. So I think that is something that we don't really think about but definitely consider when it, turn, when it comes to feedback surveys. Well, thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen to the Church Juice podcast. And again, I hope that our discussion was helpful for you. But really, listening is just the start. And you know as church communicators that there is so much more that you need to now implement. So if you would like to take the topic from today to the next level, if you want to hear from other communicators how they're doing special events, you can head to our Facebook group. You can find a link to the group along with all of today's show notes at churchjuice.com slash podcast. The Church Juice Podcast is a listener-supported production of Reframe Ministries, a family of programs designed to help you see your whole life reframed by God's gospel story. Church Juice is produced by Brian Haley with post-production by Minimal Media Company in Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information about Church Juice, visit churchjuice.com. For information on Reframe Ministries and our family of programs, visit reframeministries.org.